Hello everybody and welcome to Investing with Wesley. I'm your host Wesley and my first episode that I put out to you guys, I want it to be about life insurance because although life insurance has hardly anything to do with investing, life insurance is the foundation to everything that you're going to do financially. Life insurance will protect your assets and protect your income coming in. That way if anything were to happen to you, your family is taken care of because you could save all sorts of money. You could invest and you could buy a rental house and all sorts of things. But if your primary source of income is not protected by life insurance, then you open your family up to an insane amount of risk when you pass away. So the whole point of life insurance is just that, an insurance upon your life or the income that you will produce in your life. So let's talk about the most common kind of life insurance out there. It's the one for individuals, the family members, the parents, that kind of stuff. It's term and cash value. Cash value insurance is considered a permanent insurance that's good until you die, but you do pay a premium. You pay a premium for the life insurance side of things, and then you also pay some additional money for a cash accumulated savings that happens in the event that you don't pass away. A lot of salespeople that sell cash value life insurance will sell it as a retirement account or a retirement supplemental account or an investment, and these are all completely false. Cash value life insurance has very different names, so many names that it kind of gets confusing. It ultimately boils down to whole life insurance, variable life insurance, and universal life insurance. Now, I'm gonna make a dedicated video on cash value life insurance explaining these three, but all you really need to know is that the money you put in is more expensive than term, but you get a cash savings at the end that earns a modest rate of return, usually about three to 4%. That's nation average right now, is anywhere from two to 4%. And when you withdraw your money and you take your money, typically if it's structured properly, it's tax-free income. Now there's a lot of caveats on why I don't like cash value life insurance, and I'll explain those in its dedicated video. But then you have the other more common type, term. Now, term only takes up about 25% of the market, and about 75% of the other life insurance market is cash value. So you'd safe to say it's the underdog, but in my opinion, it's the better of the two. Term is set price every month for a set amount of years, and you get the coverage that you select. Now, having a fixed price for 30 years is great, especially if you have a lot of coverage, like a million in coverage. But what happens after those 30 years is up? It's not permanent insurance, so it's not good until you die. When the 30 years is up, or when whatever term you select, when the term is up, your policy either expires, and that's it, you've put all this money into something, and that's all you get, your policy expires or you're up for renewal, in which case if you renew, you renew at the current condition you're at right now. This has risk because one, you'll be older, so automatically your price goes up because you're older and closer to death, as well as you've had 10, 15, 20, or 30 years to decrease in your health. You could be a star athlete in your 20s and 30 years goes by, you're in your 50s and you have a beer belly and you're no longer an athlete and now your policies go up even more. So there is a risk in getting term, but I'll explain in the dedicated term video why those risks outweigh the risks of cash value life insurance. 
For now, I want to give you a blanket understanding of insurance, specifically of life insurance, and the different kinds of life insurance. I already talked about term and I already talked about cash value, but there's another life insurance called mortgage life insurance, and this is basically what you could imagine. It's a decreasing insurance that trails what you owe in your mortgage. So every year as you pay down your mortgage, the amount you receive upon death of that life insurance goes down with your mortgage. Its sole intent is to cover the cost of your mortgage when you pass away. That way, whoever you leave it to, like your spouse, doesn't have to worry about the mortgage. It's already paid for. But that's not necessarily good enough to replace your income because just because the mortgage is paid for doesn't mean it'll completely supplement the entire salary you were bringing in. So there's caveats to it, of course, as there with anything. Another form of life insurance is called group life insurance or supplemental group life insurance. Standard group life insurance is something a business typically offers to its employees as a benefit or like a fringe benefit. It's usually free for a certain amount because your employer pays for it, the company you work for pays for it. But it's typically little to no coverage. We're talking $20,000 in life insurance. Now that's not enough to hardly do anything except for maybe bury you, but if you have life insurance already, an additional $20,000, especially if it's free, I mean, free money never hurt anybody, right? The flip side of that coin is the supplemental group. Now, supplemental group life insurance is a supplemental life insurance to the group insurance, but why I call it supplemental group is because it usually will follow all the same rules group life insurance does. These rules are things like you have to be on active payroll. So if you're on, you know, disability or if you're out sick or if you're just not on active payroll for a specified period of time, you're not covered. If you quit, you're not covered. If you get fired, you're not covered. So there's a lot of risk. If anything happens to you and you're not on active payroll for a minimum amount of time that your company designates, then you don't get any of the money, or better yet, your family doesn't get any of the money. If you're using a supplemental group policy as your main source of policy, and yeah, you're paying out of pocket for it, it still obeys the same rules as group. So you better think long and hard or whether you should have your own policy, such as cash value or term, or whether you should stick to this group, because if anything happens to you in your job, you no longer have life insurance. Now, there's some exceptions because there's certain companies out there that if you buy supplemental group life insurance with them, then those rules are different. If you get fired or if you quit or go on you know, non-active payroll, they'll still cover you up to the amount you're, you have purchased. But I've seen more of the previous rather than this exception. So that's something to think about if you're solely reliant upon the group life insurance that your company provides for you. Now there's another life insurance product out there that no one really talks about because it's only really for business people and that's called a key person life insurance policy and this life insurance policy is just like every other life insurance policy where if the person that's insured passes away the beneficiary receives a larger amount of money the only difference is it's typically used in business because if one key person passes away the other partner in that business will receive the lump sum check that way they can pay to train somebody else to take that person's spot or pay to buy that person's part of the business out from them and own more of the business since you know they've passed away. So that's the big use with key person life insurance. There's also something called accident and dismemberment insurance. 
and to be quite frank i think it's a waste of time and i wouldn't even consider it because the rules with accidental and dismemberment insurance are yeah it's incredibly cheap way cheaper than term cash value and pretty much any other life insurance but they only pay out when a certain amount of rules have been met if you get to an accident and you are now missing a finger they're only going to pay out a thousand dollars as an example if you miss if you now you're missing your entire hand they're going to pay out four thousand dollars and only if you die in a very specific kind of way will they pay out the full amount so why put your money into something that doesn't necessarily guarantee a payout? Now going back to cash value life insurance, there's also a thing called a modified endowment contract, which is considered its own version of life insurance. But a modified endowment contract happens when you get a cash value policy, put more money than you should into the cash value side of things. When you treat your cash value life insurance like a savings account where you're just parking as much money as you can into it, then it has the opportunity to turn into a modified endowment contract. And if a cash value policy goes mech or turns into a modified endowment contract, you lose all the tax benefits that come with the cash value policy. Now there's some people out there that are probably thinking to themselves, well, Wesley, I don't even need life insurance. You know, I don't have a family. I don't have a house. I don't have a high paying job. I'm not a business partner. What do I need life insurance for? <clears throat> the answer to that is very simple. You still need life insurance to cover your final expenses. You know, burial costs, if you want to be cremated, all that still costs money. And if you don't have the money in savings or in life insurance to cover it, your family has to either come out of pocket or do what everyone dreads and creates a GoFundMe or have car washes, that kind of thing. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to add more stress than necessary, especially a financial stress, just so your final wishes are taken care of. But another reason I want to talk about life insurance is it covers your estate payout process. Now, when you pass away, anything and everything you own goes into an estate. And from that estate, it's liquefied to pay for your final expenses. But why I think life insurance is important, even for someone that doesn't have a family, doesn't have a house or anything like that, is because your next of kin, the people you wanna leave all your stuff to, are the last in line to receive anything. It starts off with the expenses accrued when you die. We're talking medical expenses, the funeral home expenses, all that kind of stuff. They get the first amount of money when liquefying your, your estate. After that, good old Uncle Sam gets his share because taxes are paid. Any back taxes or taxes you still owe to the IRS get paid from your estate. After that, your creditors, you know, this is where, you know, your mortgage would be paid or backed credit cards, student loans, any sort of debt you owe gets paid from your estate when you pass away. And anything that's left after all those individuals have been paid, then it goes to your next of kin to your family. So if you have a Rolex watch and you really want to leave it to your brother or your sister, well, you better hope you have enough money to, to pay for everything, including your taxes. Because if you don't, then that watch has to get pawned and the amount of money you receive from that goes to those people. And now your brother or sister, whoever you wanted to leave that Rolex watch to, they don't get it. So it's important to have at least enough life insurance to cover your funeral arrangements, any debts you have, and the taxes you still owe. Because anything else you leave behind to your family, they won't get if you owe money to other people. Your debts don't necessarily die when you do. So it's really important 
to get life insurance, even if it's a bare minimum, to cover any and all debts you have, as well as your final expenses. That way, your family and those you love and those that are going to miss you the most can actually remember you the way you want them to remember you and not have to worry about an additional financial stress because you thought life insurance wasn't necessary. So that's what I mean when I say life insurance is the foundation of the financial house we're going to build. Because you could have anything and everything else, but if you don't have life insurance, chances are that financial house is going to collapse the second you pass away. And here at Invest with Wesley, we want to create lasting wealth, not something that's going to collapse when you're gone. We want to create something that you could leave to your kids, your kids' kids, and so on and so forth. That way, no one ever has to worry about money again. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, okay Wesley, I get it. I know I need to get life insurance, but how much do I need? Well, the truth is that varies from person to person because everybody's financial situation is different. But a good rule of thumb is to follow the DIME method. D-I-M-E. Debt, income, mortality expenses, and education. You need to get enough life insurance to cover however much debt you have, to replace the income that you were bringing in, specifically 10 to 12 times what you make in a year. Enough money to cover your mortality expenses, to get buried, pay for your taxes, that sorts of things we talked about. And then education. Now the education portion of it is more of just a nice gift. It's not necessary to cover your final expenses or protect your family or anything like that. And it's just a nice sentiment. Now, as always, if you want a custom plan built for yourself, or if you want me to run the numbers and figure out exactly how much life insurance you need, feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. But as for this video, that's it. I appreciate you watching. Hey guys, real quick, if you enjoyed this video or found it insightful, please like and subscribe and ring that notification bell. That way you're always up to date on the videos I make.